Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode, we're doing chocolate chip pumpkin muffins. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge. And thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and taking time out of your busy day to spend it with me. I really appreciate that because this show wouldn't be possible without the listening ears like yours. So this recipe may seem a little bit out of season. I do often try to make the recipes that I choose for the for the podcast, for anybody who's following sort of chronologically, I try to keep them seasonal because it's easier to find certain ingredients certain times of the year and they just seem to be in more abundance or they're riper in flavor. There's a lot of reasons for trying to eat seasonally. It's not always possible, but I try. And of course, you could be listening to an episode out of context or out of the linear fashion that I've created them in and that's totally fine too because I know that people will pick and choose what they like to make and what they like to, to try. And so this, this episode or this season, I can't talk. This recipe may seem a little out of season, but there is a method to my madness. And first of all, I have never made, I don't think I've done a single muffin recipe. This is episode right now. I think it's like 90 something. And in 90 episodes, I've never done a pumpkin or sorry, I've never done a muffin recipe at all. So why not now? But The recipe was provided to me by Dr. Amanda Ryman, and she earned her PhD from UC Berkeley in California. She's a longtime cannabis advocate and an internationally recognized cannabis expert in public health and a public health researcher. And she's been growing, smoking, and eating cannabis for 20 plus years. And when she provided me this recipe, I was pretty excited to try it out in my own kitchen, and I was not disappointed. And you may be wondering, well, why this recipe? Why now? I first came across Amanda through her contribution in the Gonjir program that I started last month. So I started a new course to become a cannabis sommelier. The course is called the Gonjir. And it's a first-of-its-kind, rigorous, multi-tiered trade certification created and taught by the most respected names in the field with the intent of producing an entirely new class of cannabis professional, the Gangier. And I thought, I want to be a cannabis professional. I mean, I work on this podcast each week. I'm working in the dispensary and anything that I could do to really deepen my knowledge of cannabis and all its facets was just going to be a benefit to the work that I'm doing and the things I'm planning to do in the future. And the the course, which is probably going to take me the better part of this year and will culminate, hopefully, if things go according to plan with uh, COVID, fingers crossed, will culminate in me going to a live in-person training in California much later in this year. And I'm really excited about that and everything that I've learned so far. I have learned a lot. And of course, it'll benefit all of you because I can bring that to you and the people that I work with in the store. But 
One of the things, the course is so far covering a very broad range of subjects. And Amanda was teaching some of the the class components in, earlier in the program. And her classes were so well done. She has a real, I guess, I mean, it, it makes sense. She taught at UC Berkeley for over 10 years as a professor, and she just has a real communication style and presentation style that resonated with me quite a bit. And I asked her if she wanted to be on the podcast, and she said yes. So that's happening soon. And I'm super excited about it because her knowledge of cannabis, her public health research, she's done a lot of studies with uh, cannabis and addiction. Like she just is so knowledgeable. And I think it's going to be a fascinating con a conversation and you guys will really enjoy it. It's a little bit further out from the typical cannabis edibles subject matter, but it still relates and it's all tied in together with this pumpkin muffin recipe that she provided me with. And I got the recipe. I tried it out. Of course, it made quite a few muffins they were moist and delicious. And I say were because past tense, I have eaten them all. I gave some to my daughter and her roommate and her roommate took the time to send me a message saying how good they were. So don't just take my own word for it. I think you will really find this recipe fantastic. So it's definitely one, whether you're going to make them right away or whether you're going to make them down the road, it's definitely one to keep in mind because it's a simple recipe to make. It doesn't require any fancy ingredients and they taste, they taste delicious. And on top of that, you can freeze them. So when I said I made them all and made quite a few muffins, I can't remember how many I got. I must've gotten about 20 muffins and I did give some away, of course, but I also froze some. So this recipe, you can freeze these muffins. And I really like that because it's kind of nice having something that you've made ahead of time and put in the freezer. I just froze them in like packages of two so that when I want to defrost them, I would have a couple ready to go, but they will keep in your freezer for quite some time. Now, luckily, this recipe does call for canned pumpkin, canned pumpkin puree, which is going to be easier to find in the grocery store than it probably was last fall when everybody's making pumpkin pies and pumpkin this and pumpkin that. So that is one advantage to doing this now and not maybe in the more traditional fall season when you see this kind of thing. But I didn't find personally that the pumpkin flavor, like, I don't know, there's something great about pumpkin. It's not like you bite into something and be like, mm, that's pumpkin. It, but it does create this really moist texture. And for this recipe, it calls for the can of pumpkin puree. You're going to need four eggs. You're going to need a stick or a cup of infused cannabis butter or oil. I think I used, I used a coconut oil, infused coconut oil for this one, because that's what I had on hand. I tend to do more coconut oil than butter, but she also made a note here that she used, oh, she also used infused coconut oil and used a mold to make it into sticks. And I have seen magical butter machine has molds, silicone molds that are in the shape of the sticks that you might buy when you're buying a, a pound of butter, which makes it really convenient if a recipe calls for a stick of butter or a stick of coconut oil, because it's often how recipes write things out. Um, and you can probably also find something like that on Amazon or well-stocked kitchen supply store or something like that. So that might be something worth having on hand. I might think about that, doing that too, because it is sometimes handy just to have it ready to go in pre-made sticks, which you can then easily also cut up as needed if you're wanting a little less than that. You're also going to need water. 
sugar, flour, baking soda, salt, cinnamon, nutmeg, and chocolate chips. And that's pretty much it. And that's the kind of recipe that I like, because if anybody who has baked anything at all within the last few months, you're likely going to have most of this stuff on hand. I mean, maybe you have to go out and get a little nutmeg or a little cinnamon. I personally always have cinnamon on hand because fun fact, Ceylon cinnamon specifically, it does have to be Ceylon cinnamon, is a blood sugar inhibitor or I shouldn't say inhibitor, but it is something that helps reduce blood sugar spikes. So I do tend to have uh, Ceylon cinnamon in my cupboard at all times. And I add it to my morning smoothies every day too. So Ceylon cinnamon is actually very good for you. And of course, all that other stuff, I mean, pretty easy to gather. Uh, And just like any muffin recipe, you're going to start by preheating your oven, you're going to get out two muffin tins, She does recommend, of course, preparing the muffin tins by greasing them with the spray or like a little brushing with olive oil. Or if you have um, muffin, the little paper muffin cups or something that you can put in there as well, you can do that or, or whatever, what have you, but just prepare them ahead of time so that they don't, the batter doesn't stick. And then you're going to mix together your pumpkin, eggs, oil, water, and sugar in a large bowl. And then in a separate bowl, you sift the dry ingredients, which is your flour, baking soda, salt, cinnamon, and nutmeg. And then you put them all in together. I just did mine in a stand mixer. So the mixing was reduced to a fair minimum. I didn't have to do too much. There wasn't too much elbow grease on my part. And that was about it. Now I will say I did, I poured the the batter. It was a nice thick batter into the muffin tins. And then I realized somewhere along the line, I'm not sure how I did it, but I forgot to include the chocolate chips. And what's a pumpkin muffin without the chocolate chips? Well, not that good, let me tell you. So fortunately, I didn't have to like take everything out of the muffin tins or whatever. That would have been a nightmare. But I did measure out the the chocolate chips that I needed for the recipe. And then I just sprinkled some on the top of each muffin in its respective little spot. And then I took a spoon and kind of like dabbed them so that they would sort of sink into the batter. So they all weren't just sitting on the top. But I had one of those moments like, how the heck did I forget one of the main ingredients in this recipe? I mean, they are chocolate chip pumpkin muffins. And I forgot the chocolate chips, but I digress. I think I was cooking several things at the same time or working on a few different things in the kitchen. And it was just a silly oversight, but fortunately I caught it in time. So crisis averted, I did get my chocolate chips in there after all. And no one ever knew the difference because of course I told my secret to no one, which is just a reminder people that sometimes when you make little boo-boos like that, whether it's in the kitchen or elsewhere, a lot of the times if you don't point out your oversight, people will never notice what it is that you're doing. How many times has this happened? I feel like this happens so often, even as a kid, I used to play piano as a kid, you know, I played in recitals and stuff. I was never particularly proficient, but, you know, I did a few little school recitals and stuff like that. And that feeling when you make a mistake, but you just push on through and then afterwards and everyone's congratulating you and saying how well you did. And then you ask, hey, mom, did you notice that I messed up? And the answer was always almost no. Have you ever found that in your life too? When it comes to those little minor mistakes, just roll with it. People are paying far less attention than you really think. So 
like I said, I gave away quite a few of these muffins and they were a huge hit. I think if you try them out, you're really going to like them. Now, she did say to bake them for 20 to 25 minutes and put a toothpick in the middle. You want it to come out clean or a fork or something. You don't want a bunch of stuff sticking to it. You can usually tell pretty easily whether or not they're they're cooked through or not. I think in my oven, I had to put them on for a little bit longer, but just pay attention to that time. Maybe start out with the 20, you know, 20 minutes or, and work your way up, depending. Um, ovens can vary so much that it's that it's just wise to do that because taking it as a, a strict fact, as I we learned from the episode with Brent when he was on here, how much oven temperatures can vary drastically. So always remember that because you don't want to burn these. But when you do make them, you're going to let them cool completely. Of course, you're probably going to eat one when it's warm, but depending on how strong you made them, you may or may not well, want to eat them right away. I know that I made mine probably a little stronger than I wanted to. They were pretty strong. The first time I ate one of them, it was in the evening and holy cow, they were good. But wow, I got pretty high. And moving forward from there, I pretty much started cutting the muffins in half because it's not that I couldn't tolerate the high, but it made me so high that like I was couch locked for sure. I wasn't going, I wasn't going anywhere. And I did sleep really well that night, but it's just sometimes you don't always want to be quite that out of it. So I was cutting them in half, which meant these muffins went even farther than I had initially anticipated. So of course, when I'm taking them out of the freezer, then that just reminds me that I will be, you know, two at a time that could be up to four doses, depending if I'm going to cut the muffin in half or not. But when it comes to freezing them, what you're going to want to do is, and this is what I did, is I put them out on a tray, like a cookie sheet or something. I think I probably lined it with some parchment paper. And I put the completely cooled muffins, so you are going to want to make sure they're not warm at all. I put them on the cookie sheet and slid it into the freezer, and I let them freeze totally so they're like rock solid and then I put them into freezer bags from there and squished all the air out now I actually have a vacuum sealer so I kind of vacuum seal them so that they would stay fresh I actually really like having a vacuum sealer it is really good for keeping things well preserved in the freezer but of course that's obviously not an expense everybody wants to commit to because you may or may not use it that often um, but you just want to put it in some kind of packaging afterwards in the increments that you want and make sure you get as much air out of it as you can. So you might have freezer bags or something like that. Just squish all the air out and uh, they'll be ready to go whenever you're ready for a muffin. And yeah, I'm pretty excited about having some, I love having like edibles in the freezer. I have edibles in the freezer. I also, or sorry, the pumpkin muffins. I also froze some of the caramels I made a little while ago because I made a big batch of those as well. And they do keep for a while, but they do have cream in them. So, you know, I just leave them in the freezer. And then when I want them, I can leave it out for like five minutes and then they're good to go. So it's just nice to have that. And sometimes, you know, when you're just wanting a quick little edible, whether it's, you know, a stronger dose like the muffin or something lighter, the, the caramels they made are a pretty low dose. So you kind of have to eat several of them. But then once you figure out your potency, I know if I eat like three or four, that's going to get me to a certain level. If I eat two, that's going to get me to a certain level. And it's just nice to know that kind of thing. And then have your edibles interspersed throughout your house at, at, at easy reach. Because I also have my pate de fruit candies in another cupboard. And I have, oh my God, I got edibles coming out my ears, but 
that's one reason why freezing them is great because there is always those times in your life when as much as I love to spend time in the kitchen, I'm making edibles all the time for this podcast and for myself and for friends and family. Sometimes life gets busy and you don't find yourself spending as much time in the kitchen as you would like to through no fault of your own. It's just the way life goes sometimes. So it's always nice to have something in the freezer for those times. Yeah. So be wise, freeze some of your edibles. You'll thank yourself later. That's my PSA of the day. But I highly recommend you try out this recipe. If you do give it a shot and you enjoyed it, let me know what you think. If you have suggestions for other recipes you'd like me to try, I am all ears. I love getting recipes from listeners. And I think that's it for this week. If you have any questions, I'll link to the Gangier the Gangier program in the show notes as well. They were only doing, I'm like part of the initial cohort. So that's sort of exciting as well. And that this is the first year that they've launched this program. So I am part of an international group of students. I think most of them are, most students are probably located in the States, but there are some others who are located outside the States. And I'm super excited to be going to the live in-person training because I do believe many of the course instructors are going to be there to solidify all the stuff that we've been learning over the last few months because it's one thing to learn through written and video coursework and that sort of thing but the live hands-on training is going to sort of bring it all home and I will have the opportunity I think to meet some of these people I may even have the opportunity to meet Amanda in person as well but in the meanwhile I'm so excited for this interview to come out and that will be coming out soon so keep your ears open for that and Until next time, my friends, stay high.